Green Force family, what's good with you? Yo, it's your youth pastor, Pastor Al, man. And listen, thank you for joining our I Praise Teen Talk podcast. We'll simply help you be the best you that God created you to be. Hey, listen, man, I'm excited for each and every one of you, man, especially our seniors, class of 2022. Man, much love to you. You've worked hard. You've done your best to get to where you are now and your church your family, your friends, we want to celebrate you in a major way. And so listen, man, after we get through with this um, brief devotion, brief word um, that we want to drop in your spirit real quick, man, we'll have more information about what it is we want to do for you coming up. But other than that, hey, listen, I'm so excited for this being the end of the school year. I know y'all been waiting on this forever. Like I know, man, like the song said, you can feel it coming in the air tonight because you've been waiting on this moment your whole life what's that moment man the end of the school year i know how it feels to wait in the end of the school year man memorial day this weekend barbecue cookouts graduation parties all this type of stuff is going to go down man hey listen salute celebrate much love you deserve that you work hard Hey, listen, and even if you have not and will not be graduating high school, I don't need you hating right now because your time is coming, all right? Your time is coming. Celebrate those who are graduating. At least you just finished another grade. How about that? God is still good, right? You just finished another grade. Hey, listen, man, if you got your Bibles, I want you to go into the Gospel of John. That's the fourth gospel. Um, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter five. Five is the number of grace. I mean, I just want to read a couple of passages of scripture to you real quick. And um, we want to talk about something um, that I feel like is going to help you um, have a closer walk with Christ and going to help you to be all that Christ has called you to be. Let's pray. God, give us ears to hear, a mind to understand, and the heart to obey what the word of the Lord says. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Hey, John chapter 5, um, verse 16 says, Therefore the Jews began persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Um, the Sabbath um, was it considered the day of rest. It was considered the day that nobody should be working. It was considered the day that you should not be doing anything strenuous or anything hard. It was the day you should just be chilling, like taking it easy. It was the day you just should be having like an easy vibe. Um, but Jesus had healed a man on the Sabbath, and, and they didn't like that. But we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, but Jesus responded to them, my father has always been working, and I am working as well. Um, this is why the Jews began trying all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Verse 19 says, then Jesus said, I assure you, the son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son does these things in the same way. I like this because as we um, look at it, um, I want to read this part to you one more time. Um, what Jesus said when they accused him, he said, my father has always been working up until now. He has never ceased working and I too am working. All right. And so listen, I want to talk to you, man, from this simple subject, this simple title. And listen, I know it's not going to be correct grammar, correct English. I know the end of the school year is here. And man, but what I'm about to say is not correct grammar, um, but it's going to help me set up my talk. So I want to use it. Right. And so I want to talk to you from this simple subject right here. God is never not working. Right. God is never not working. I know y'all like, Pastor Al, God is never not working. What is you talking about? man? You, you should, come on. You better than that. All right. then. if you want to trip on me, instead of me saying God is never not working. How about this? God is always working for all you English buffs and for all you who love English and language arts and world lit. And you just want to make sure every sentence is structured correctly. 
and find, there you go. God is always working. All right. But for the setup, God is never not working. So listen, man, I'm busy just like you are. I have a lot of things going on. I thank God for that. So I don't get a chance to watch a lot of TV. Um, but when I do watch TV, man, I have a couple of favorite shows. First 48, of course, ESPN Sports Center um, and any type of documentary that I can find. Um, to try to just let me get some type of extra knowledge of something I did not know about, right? And so, but one of the main things I love when I watch TV, man, is I love to watch commercials, right? I love commercials uh, because, first of all, I like to see if commercials have sticking power, right? I like to see if there's some type of jingle in there, if there are some type of characters in there. I like to see if there's some type of product in there. And I like to see if there's some type of memorable moment in the commercial that will stand out no matter what, right? And I found a perfect commercial. I found one that has all four of them. I found a commercial that is memorable. It has a memorable jingle. It has memorable words, memorable phrases. I found a um, commercial that has memorable characters. And I found a commercial that has memorable products. And you're not going to believe what type of commercial this is. It's a head and shoulders commercial. No, not the head, shoulders, knees, and toes exercises that you're used to. Not the head, shoulders, knees, and toes um, dance that you're used to. But no, this is the head and shoulder shampoo that you see in the middle of the session at Walmart, that you see at Target, that you see when you go shopping. Head and shoulder shampoo. Yeah, head and shoulder shampoo. And so, man, they had a memorable product, but then they had memorable people in them. Who's memorable people? They had um, Troy Palomola, who is an all-time great NFL player, Hall of Famer. The guy was a beast on the field, played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you know anything about Troy Palomola, he's this um, Hawaiian, he's a Samoan, I'm sorry, and he has like this long, pretty hair. Like it's just super wavy, super curly, and he's his hair has made him plenty of money his whole life. He probably made more money off his hair than he made playing football. All right, but then they have another memorable football player, you know, who's a future Hall of Famer. Um, they have the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. You guys know him. Um, they call him Patrick Mahomes, Patty Mahomes. He's the guy that throws the football like a baseball, right? Underarm, overhand, under his shoulder, around his neck, everywhere. He could just throw the ball in any single place at any given time. That's Patty Mahomes for you, right? And so those are the memorable people. Now, they got a memorable phrase in here. And so this is a memorable phrase. You got memorable people. You got memorable product. Now you got a memorable phrase. What's a memorable phrase? Here's a memorable phrase. And so here it is. Troy Palamula has a good hair, so he's using shampoo. And so he goes up and he tells Patty Mahomes, man, this shampoo is never not working. This shampoo is always working. It's never not working. Um, I like this because um, during the rest of the commercial, it was so funny. And so um, Troy was, Patty Mahomes was like, never not working? Pat, Troy was like, yes, never not working. And so during the rest of the commercial, you will see these different scenes where Patty Mahomes would be at the golf course. Troy will be there working. And he'll look at him and say, never not working. These are different scenes. He'll be at the restaurant, order some food. Troy will be the waitress. He'll look at him and say, never not working. This is another scene where he's doing something else. He'll look at him and say, never not working. You look at him and say, never not working. That was a memorable phrase. That was a hook of the commercial. Never not working. And that's what stuck out to me. In other words, Troy wanted Patty to know that this shampoo is so good that whenever you use it, it will always work on you. It will always work for you. It will always work with you and your hair. It'll help your hair to be better. That's what it said, right? And so listen, um, I like that phrase because I feel like in a natural, just like Troy was trying to sell that shampoo, just like he was trying to say that, hey, this shampoo is never not working. It's always working on your behalf. Hey, I feel like in a spiritual sense, 
um, in a spiritual realm, man, God is always working on behalf of believers. God is always working for his children. God is always working things out in our life. That's why the scripture tells us that um, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, who've been called according to his purpose. And so you and I may face some daunting situation. We may face some tragic tasks. We may face, man, some ridiculous reminders, man, of why um, this life is the way it is. But you and I don't have to lose hope. We don't have to lose heart, man, because you and I serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We serve the Alpha and the Omega. We serve the beginning and the end. We serve um, a God who is always on the lookout for his people. You may say, well, Pastor Al, why is God always on the lookout for us? Why does it even make sense that he's on the lookout for us? Because we um, are his creation. Um, the Bible says that the earth is his Lord and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. So therefore, we belong to God. Therefore, since we belong to God, it is his privilege and his pleasure to look after those he loves. It is his privilege and his pleasure to take care of those that he loves. And in other words, what I want you to know is that God is always working on our behalf. Things may not look good. We just experienced two tragic incidents in this world. In Buffalo, we had um, 12 people to die at the hands of a of a of a white supremacist um, who who used his weapon to murder innocent African Americans. That did not look good. It did not feel good. But I want to let you know that God is still working. Just recently, we had a massacre where we had 18 and 19 children and about three teachers to die at the hands of gun violence in Texas. That didn't look good. It didn't feel good. But I do want you to know that God is still working. And so in other words, what I want you to understand is that no matter how low the situation is, no matter how dire the situation is, God is always at work for the believer. Right. We found that here inside of our Bible text this morning. All right, this afternoon, this evening, whatever time you're going to be listening to this, we found this in John 5, where Jesus has just finished healing a man who lay by the gate. All right, this guy um, was at Bethesda, and so um, this guy um, was was born, you know, uh, um, 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 like lame and lame, not as if you can't get a prom date or can't get a girl or, you know, you hit somebody in the inbox and don't hit you back. Not that type of lame, right? I'm talking about he was lame because, you know, um, he couldn't walk. And man, he would lie by this, this gate, um, called, um, beautiful. And, and he would lie about this, this water. He was waiting for this, for this water to get stirred up for somebody to put him in the water. Um, but, but he would always, um, not be able to get in the water because he would put his healing on somebody else. And he would say, Hey man, would you, um, get someone to help put me in the pool? And so he told Jesus, you know, like, Hey, I'm trying to get somebody to help put me in the pool, but they won't help put me in the pool. And so Jesus asked him a question. Do you want to be made well? Right. And as Jesus asking this question, he gives Jesus an excuse, but then Jesus ignores his excuse and challenges him to do the best he can do. He says, man, get up, take off your mat, walk. The man follows Jesus' steps. He gets up, he picks up his mat, and he walks. And as he gets up, he picks up his mat, and he walks. What we see here 
is that this man has just now been healed. He's been healed by the authority of Jesus, by the word of Jesus. And he's been healed by the power of Jesus, right? And so as he has been healed, this was all done on a particular day that the Jews did not like. The Jews were a religious set. They were a religious group um, in Israel um, that followed the law to the T. Um, they followed the law of Moses to the T. They followed um, the Levitical law. They followed everything to the T. And one of the things they followed to the T was not to do anything strenuous on the Sabbath. This was a day that was looked at. You should just be vibing. You should just be chilling. You shouldn't be doing much on this day. And so here it is. On this day, Jesus defies the Sabbath and he heals a man. But not only does he heal a man, this man is now taking up his mat and he's walking. And Jewish leaders sees this and they ask, why is this man carrying his mat on a Sabbath? This man, instead of celebrating his healing, instead of taking ownership, he blamed Jesus and said, it was the man Jesus who healed me. Oh, what do you say that for? Now the Jews are mad. They were looking for a reason to get a hold of Jesus anyway. And so now they thought they found a reason. So here it is, they approach Jesus like, hey, bro, I can't believe you got this man walking around with his mat on the Sabbath. I can't believe that you hear this man on the Sabbath. You know this is not the right day to hear him. You know this is not the right day to be doing this. You know this is not the right day to be doing that. All right? And so I just want to pause right there to say this, man. Hey, listen. We cannot restrict God's movement to religion. We cannot restrict God's movement to religion. All right? In other words, we cannot restrict God's movement to tradition. We cannot restrict the movement of God to things that we are familiar with and things that we are used to. You and I have to be willing to go beyond what we're familiar with, to go beyond what we're used to, to go beyond what we have seen to watch God move. So in other words, the Jews did not like what Jesus had done because it went against their religious tradition. It went against what they were familiar with. It went against what they were used to. And I want to let you know that if you want to grieve the spirit of God, try limiting the movement of God to a certain religious activity. Try limiting the movement of God to a certain religious date. Try limiting the movement of God to a certain religious place. In other words, you and I have to understand that God is not bound by time. God is not bound by place. God is not bound by date. God is not bound by activity. God can move when he desires to move. And we've seen that demonstrated in his son, Jesus, by him healing this man on the Sabbath. And as this man is healed on the Sabbath, what you and I have the opportunity to see here is that Jesus will go out of his way for those he loved. In other words, Jesus was working on this man's behalf. What I am concerned with is why is it that they didn't want this man to be healed, but they were okay with him begging. Isn't him begging doing work on the Sabbath? Isn't him begging doing things that he should not be doing? Why is it that they were okay with that? Because I want to let you know that some people, be it religious or not, will rather see you dependent upon them or somebody else than see you free. Why? Because when you're dependent upon them or somebody else, they now can control the narrative. 
I believe that the Jews then want to see this man heal because they could no longer control the narrative of his life. Jesus came and he changed the narrative. And you may be asking the question, Pastor Al, how did Jesus change the narrative? He changed the narrative because we see here that he allowed, he allowed, he allowed, he allowed this man to be healed. I like this because what we see is as this man is healed, the Jews have a problem with this. So much to the point that they begin to question Jesus like, man, who do you think you is healing this man on the Sabbath? And Jesus get smart with him back. I don't know if he's using sarcasm, what he's using. But Jesus tells him, hey, listen, let me let you know one thing. My father has always been working and I have always been working, too. In other words, what Jesus was saying is you think his healing started right here today. But I want to let you know his healing started at the beginning of time. You think his healing started right here when I said got up, but I want to let you know that it was ordained for him to be healed before the beginning of time. You think his healing started right at this moment that you saw him carrying his mat, but I want to let you know that his healing started when Jesus spoke him into being. In other words, what he said is my father has always been working. He's never not been working on this particular day, this particular moment to heal this man. You are just now seeing the manifestation of him being healed. That his healing process began way before you saw the evidence of his healing. Don't ever think that people have to see the evidence of what God has done for you before God does it for you. God can move in your life before the evidence appears. You and I serve a God who does not have to wait on evidence. Why? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? That simply means that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can think, ask, and even imagine according to the power that working within us. And so we see here that Jesus responds and says, my father has always been working and even I have always been working. And I don't know about you, but that's good news today. It's good news because it shows you and I that no matter how dire our situation is, no matter how bad it is, no matter how crazy it looks, no matter how bad it feels, God is always working on our behalf. As a matter of fact, God is always working to get the best out of us. He is always working to get his best to us, and he's always working to get his best out of us. I want to say that one more time. God is always working to get his best to us and is always working to get his best out of us. How do you know that God is always working to get his best to us? Because God was at work when he got his son Jesus to walk by this man who was sitting and waiting to be put in the pool. So God got his best, his son, to this man. But then guess what? God was able to get his best out of this man. What was his best out of this man when he told him to get up, take your mat, and walk? The best was simply this. What that simply means is that this man has not been challenged to live a life that he's been called to live until Jesus challenged him. So in other words, Jesus called this man's best out of him. What is that saying to you and I? It's saying to you and I that when God is working on our behalf, he is getting his best to us, but yet he is calling his best out of us. And that's a good place to be thankful for because that lets you know that you will not be stuck inside the confines of mediocrity and average thinking and average living 
because you serve a God who is working on your behalf. You serve a God who is working to move you to where he wants you to be. You may be asking the question, well, Pastor Al, let me know, how can I follow this work that God is always doing? What can I do to follow this work? I'm going to tell you what you can do. Jesus tells us right here um, in verse 17, this is what he says. Um, when he says, man, my father has always been working. And so this is what Jesus said. He said, hey, listen, Jesus answered the Jews by saying, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it's something he sees the father doing. What does that tell us? That tells you and I that if we are going to walk in the work that God is always doing, then we have to look at the reflection of who he is in us. In other words, we have to not only look at the reflection, but we have to make sure that we repeat what we see him doing. What does that mean? That simply means that we're not out here making our own plans, trying to live our own lives, trying to put our own situation together. But what we are doing is following the example that Jesus has set. Pastor Al, how do I follow the example that Jesus has set? He gave it to you. He said, guess what? You're going to be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria, all right, to the Jerusalem and to the ends, most end of the earth. He said, you're going to be my witnesses. That word witnesses in the Greek literally means to be a duplicate. It means to be a copy. In other words, you and I are examples of who God is and what he is in the earth. When God lives inside of us, what does that mean? That simply means that when people see us, they don't see us. They see the God in us. By this, you'll know that they're my disciples, that they have love for one another. And so how do we make sure that people know that God is always at work in our life and that God is never not working? By simply being a reflection of who he is on earth. So therefore, it's like we are a mirror. When people see us, they see God. It's like when people see us, they see the love of God. Why? Because we have put on the mind of God and the heart of God. And we are now walking in what God has called us to walk in. What does that mean? That means that you and I have the wonderful privilege of walking in the worthiness of the sacrifice of Jesus. The blood of the lamb that was shed for you and I. It's by that finished work that he continues to work out everything in our lives for his good. And so I just want to encourage you today to know this one thing. No matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you're going through, God is never not working. God is always at work in your life. He's always at work in my life. He's always at work in our life. God is always working, trying to get his best to us. And God is always working, trying to get the best out of us. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are. We bless your holy name. Thank you for the work that you've done in and through us. May we work not by our work, but by faith that you have guided us and led us to this point. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Hey, listen, don't let the work of Christ be in vain. One of the major works that Christ did for us was gave up his life to die on the cross for our sins. And it was by that death, by his burial, by his resurrection, that you and I are forgiven, that we can walk in a manner worthy of the calling which we have received, and that we can experience salvation. Romans 10 9 say, It's with the mouth we confess, with the heart we believe unto righteousness. And so, listen, man, I simply want to say 
that if you want to make today your day of salvation, hey, let's do it. Let's make today your new spiritual birthday. The Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner who repents. So if you know you need to dedicate your life to Christ today and follow that finished work that he did on the cross, just repeat after me. Say, God, I confess I'm a sinner. Forgive me my sins. Create in me a clean heart. Renew within me a right spirit. I believe that your son Jesus died for me. I believe that your son Jesus arose from the dead. Based off my belief, based off my confession, I accept your salvation. Jesus, come into my life. Be Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Teach me your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, happy Salvation Day. If that was your first time saying that prayer, hey, salvation is yours on today. Hey, listen, man, thank you so much for joining us for our I Praise Team Talk podcast. If you said that for the first time, I want you to text um, I Praise Youth, YTH, to the number 81010. Man, and one of our youth leaders will get back in touch with you to help you walk out this next journey and next step in your life. Hey, listen, if you're a senior, we're celebrating you on the second Sunday, June the 12th, 745, cap and gown, full regalia. Uh, if you graduated from high school and or college, we want to celebrate you. Not only do we want to celebrate you in that morning service, but we're going to have a morning reception right after service to celebrate you. Um, so invite your family, your friends um, to come, and we're just going to celebrate you, and we're going to be handing out scholarships on that day, and we're going to be looking forward to just celebrating the finished work that God has done in you. Hey, listen, thank you so much for joining our I Pray Scene Top Podcast. Do me a favor. Click this link and share it with somebody you love and somebody you want to see walk closer to God. Hey, we appreciate you for joining us. Y'all know how we end. God helped me to be the best me you created me to be. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, listen, have a great week, man. I'll see you guys on Sunday. Let's go.